0: Yeehaw! And welcome to a Southern Thanksgiving. We're doing uh talking tropes back at you with the Thanksgiving special. Do they I'm-
1: say yeehaw in New Orleans? I think th- don't they say? They say when the Saints come marching in. I think
0: I don't know anything about Louisiana. <laughs> I apologize formally to everyone from both New Orleans and Louisiana as a state. <laughs>
1: And to Cowboys. Everywhere. Uh, All Cowboys yeehaw. everywhere. Um, yeah, we're, we're back. We, we didn't quite get to finish last time. Uh, there were some technical issues, but we wanted to treat you to... There was even more NCIS Thanksgiving. Uh, there's NCIS New Orleans Thanksgiving.
0: Boom! Mind blown! <laughs> who knew that there could be even more NCIS Thanksgiving goodness? <laughs> um, and when I say NCIS Thanksgiving goodness, I do actually mean goodness. Um... 'Cause I don't know about you, David, but like my take on NCIS New Orleans is that it is a much better show. I mean,
1: it's definitely better. The performances are better, they're the characters are like less annoying. Um the the location I think is is more defined, you know, partially by the colon yeah. New Orleans. But <laughs> you know, like being in like Washington DC and being in New Orleans, like very different uh, sort of feels to those locales,
0: right? But I
1: mean, ultimately, I do think it is still like heavily pro- like propaganda, like
0: right. But I, I think it's more towards the like Brooklyn Nine Nine side of like propaganda shows, you know.
1: <laughs> Very much that, where it's it's putting a friendly face well, on uh, a sort of a sort of liberal centrist leaning face on on cops. They
0: acknowledge <laughs> racial issues and discrimination, right. and blah blah blah. But you know, they they like to gloss over how those are still issues that are kind of happening today, right.
1: Which, which may be why it's it, they feel more comfortable broadcasting these Thanksgiving specials this year on, uh, on CBS and TNT, uh, where I believe they are, at some point during this week, during the past week, have broadcast both Season 1, Episode 9, Chasing Ghosts, and Season 2, Episode 10, Billy and the Kid. Um, so they're, they're festive, uh, as usual this year, but they're showing reruns because it's 2020 and everything, everything is held. Everything is
0: held. There is no new things. No. So yeah, let's, let's dive right in, uh, with the first episode, I guess, uh, Chasing Ghosts, which aired originally in 2014, but you know, check TNT and CBS, uh, this week, guys. <laughs> check your local listings.
1: I think they already played, and I don't think they're playing it again, but- No! Point it's... being, the- <laughs> it's like 2014 is like the same as this year it's like everything everything that's like an issue now they were talking about it back in 2014 it's not like it's not like you know anything that they could bring up about problems with cops or problems (laughs) with racism was like just invented for 2020 it's been here it's been It's been been here all along yeah
0: um, so this is an interesting one. It starts in the most bizarre way that is totally disconnected from, like, the rest of the episode. Which the rest of the episode is about solving a really cold case that the black medical examiner, you know, this was, like, the first case she ever took home and was like, one day I'll solve this, you know. On nights I can't sleep. Ah. Her, her haunts her, you know.
1: Right. Played by... CCH Pounder, Doctor Loretta Wade. Don't just call her the medical examiner. There's, she's CCH Pounder. We love her from the Shield, and and uh, I don't know. She was in Justice League Unlimited. <laughs> like, we love her. We we love Scott Bakula too. We do we love, love, love Scott, Scott Bakula. Bakula. We love Quantum Leap. Quantum Leap. We love it. Well,
0: do we love Quantum <laughs> Leap? I think Quantum I do. Leap. No. It's, it, take a second to look at Quantum Leap again. It does not hold up.
1: I think. Well, I like I like Scott Bakula, even though he kind of looks like Jeff Epstein. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: he looks like a nice southern dad, uh, and that's that's what he is in the, in this one. Um, or I'm sorry, is that in uh, Billy and the Kid? That might be in Billy and the Kid. No, he's
1: a nice dad in Chasing Ghosts. That's what his his deal is. Is he's he he gets too involved with his uh, his daughter's boyfriends so, and becomes best friends with them. He's the cool dad.
0: This is my favorite reversal of the overproductive dad trope which like... I, I think
1: it still ultimately reinforces the nah, idea that a dad is like nah. heavily involved in his daughter's romantic relationships.
0: I could go... I would much rather prefer to see every single example of overproductive dad replaced with, you just Keep becoming best friends with him, Dad. Why? I like it a thousand percent more. It's like a much more—it's a stupid conflict, but it's still somehow more interesting than I don't like you touching my daughter because I know how I touch women. Like you know, it's just—it's gross. Yeah,
1: I mean, it definitely serves as a nice contrast with the the brothers who are like in from NCIS who are interrogating all of bishops potential suitors yeah but still i don't know it's just like it's sort of like a wish fulfillment thing to me for like all the dads watching the show to just be like oh they're so cool he's this is like the cool guy he's a cool dad whose interests are universally beloved by all of uh his daughter's you know boyfriends and they become best friends and they're perfect together you know to me it's still like a little weird uh you know but i guess i guess if i had to choose between the two i'd pick i'd pick new orleans over yeah. regular every time every
0: time so so the the crux of this one is there was a jewish navy recruiter who was lynched like 40 years ago because he was signing up a lot of black recruits specifically um so you know just pure fodder for the nazis you know
1: yeah sort of yeah ripped from the pages of history kind of thing. I mean, mm-hmm. this type of thing definitely occurred targeting, uh, you know, military recruiters who were integrating uh, the military.
0: Mm-hmm. It definitely
1: happened. Um, yeah. A lot of things in this episode definitely actually happened. <laughs> and, and a lot of them are, are more fantasy, but but still.
0: Yeah. So, you know, they they go through the whole rigmarole of finding the current neo-Nazis in town who... So, so they find a stolen gun that belonged to one of these. Uh, right, I, I thought you wanted
1: to introduce sorry. the really weird cold open. Oh, sorry And sure. then I, got, I kind of sidetracked you by talking about CCH Pounder. No,
0: I mean, so the cold open is there's just a guy running with a bag through like a Mardi Gras parade or something. It's,
1: no, it was a Thanksgiving Day parade. But it was, it's Thanksgiving it was, episode, It was Anna.
0: Thanksgiving, but it's like... like... Like also Mardi Gras, I don't understand why this parade was happening. Well,
1: I I just assume that you know in in New Orleans they have a parade every day, and every parade is Mardi Gras. (laughs) This is how I picture their town, and they're all having barbecue and playing jazz and say singing when the Saints go marching in. It's the (laughs) it's it's the rule. (laughs) But he like falls off of a building while they're chasing him and just like dies, (laughs) and then they're just like going through his bag and it's like. Oh, hey, there's a gun in here. It's
0: really old.
1: (laughs) Right, he just has an old gun. And so then the whole episode is trying to trace back where did this gun come from and who killed this guy 40 years ago who, who, who lynched this guy because he was... He was lynched, like, with a noose and everything. Rough. So, like, happy Thanksgiving.
0: (laughs) Happy Thanksgiving. Lynching's happened. Uh, Genocide is bad. This is why New Orleans is superior, because they're just... That's the other thing
1: about this being, like, kind of, like, propaganda while still being, like, trying to be progressive is, you know, Scott Bakula will be saying things like, you know, racism didn't end with the civil rights era, because the people watching these shows (laughs) have to have that explained to them. And probably many people who saw this episode thought, man, I can't believe NCIS just got political. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's very possible. I bet there were some letters to local stations. <laughs> Ugh, yeah. But so, you know, there's uh, just like in NCIS where we have uh, the one episode where Abby, the, the tech. Like, Lab Girl, you know, is is making Thanksgiving stuff in, like, weird pots and pans. We, we get some of that in, in this one, too. Right.
1: I mean, it's, I think it's still, like, about as annoying as it is in NCAS, because they're all just like, oh, man, my collard grains are damn delicious, and the other person's like, oh, not as good as my kale, and then we're gonna have a greens-off. Yeah.
0: Who can make the best greens? And they're
1: just, like, joking. And it's like, okay, I mean, is there not, like, a case to deal with? Or, like, right. you know, a human element to this? Or are we just going to be talking about greens? And collard greens specifically, because we're Norlands.
0: Norlands. Yeah, so, you know, that, that happens.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's also, yeah. I mean, they just keep bringing up, like, the idea that, all right, this is something that, that the NCIS is reckoning with. Yeah. Like, that they're... They're they're going up against something from their past that needs to be challenged, and uh, you know Scott Bakula is always talking about like you know even when we were starting, you know when we when I was just starting out, I, I came across some some people with some old fashioned ideas, some <laughs> old school beliefs. It,
0: yeah, that's what it was. It was old school beliefs. These bad
1: cops that were that were openly collaborating with hate groups in order to you know. Uh, you know, kill what they considered to be radical uh, black activists and and just people that they wanted dead. Yeah,
0: it's 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 very strange. And there's there's like a subplot where I guess uh, Scott Bakula has some kind of like grudge against like a local town councilman or whatever, and so like his father was potentially involved with this because he was a cop who who did work openly with uh, with these hate groups uh, you know like they they bring up uh the confederate brigade <laughs> which was an offshoot of the uh the kkk and whatnot oh was that a real thing i is it not i sort of assumed it was i just
1: figured that they w- wanted to make up one in order to i thought they wanted to make up a hate group so that they don't actually have to to
0: not offend the kkk you know,
1: these are the extremist kkk people <laughs> That's what I figured. I mean, when I Google Confederate Brigade, it just brings up, like, the actual Confederate Army brigades. Uh, so I don't know if that tells you anything. Mm,
0: I have to find out. All right, you were right. <laughs>
1: But something that is real, and that did really happen, is COINTELPRO. Yes, yes. Which which they bring up as, like, a, you know, the the radical overreaching of the FBI cuts both ways. Um, Sure, they targeted a lot of activists and, you know, perfectly reasonable, uh, you know, (laughs) black people, just for being black. Uh, They also targeted... Confederate hate groups, like the, like the just KKK, for and and so they they like pull all of this like information. They're like, all right, we can finally figure out what was going on. And then they uh, they use CoIntelPro, and I think somehow through that, that's how they figure out that it wasn't actually the KKK who did it. It was just made to look like the KKK did it. Yeah, and it was actually just. Like a lover's quarrel with uh with this Jew and his right his best friend who wanted to sleep with his wife okay I don't
0: know it's very it's very weird, and it's weird because like the black woman is like, I was so blinded by my desire for it to be this hate <laughs> group that you know it it just didn't make me see that you know sometimes hate has nothing to do with color, and it's like. <laughs> Lady, you're an African-American woman in New Orleans in 2014. What are you talking about? Like, Well,
1: it's true. Sometimes people do kill their, you know, best friends over their wives who are dying of cancer. But
0: generally in the South, when it's a Jew being lynched because he's recruiting black army officers... And then the medical examiner is like, "Yeah, it's a suicide. Like, <laughs> it's probably the racists, you know?" Right.
1: Well, at least they don't have a scene where they go. I, I don't think they have a scene where they go back to the racist that they accused and say, "Like, I'm so sorry, I accused you." Oh, oh, yeah. You.
0: Thank God they did.
1: <laughs> that, that would be bad. <laughs> bad. Um, but but there's you know there's sort of a a um, I don't know what do you call it a a. A promise that the NCIS is now making—that all right, we're going to try harder, you know, to make change from within the system. It reminds me how much we still have to do, and how love can change the world. Yeah.
0: That's the um, like Thanksgiving speech at the end, right?
1: Yeah, so it's yeah. I think this is really interesting to show this on Thanksgiving, which as I said in the previous episode, is like the Americanist holiday. Yeah. Even if it's not the holiday that Americans celebrate the most, it's the one that we associate the most with being American, other than like the Fourth of July. Right. So it's yeah, I mean the idea that we're using NCIS to question our imagined past of you know, American exceptionalism and American goodness. Yeah. And bringing up things like COINTELPRO and lynchings and, you know, civil rights struggles. Just
0: racism in general. Yeah,
1: and just, yeah, any admission that racism exists in a cop show is sometimes uh, enough uh, for certain audiences. But I still think ultimately it's saying, the best way to solve these problems... Better cops. Let the cops do their job. Truth will win out. <laughs> get the good cops in. Get get agent... Uh, Agent Dwayne Pride, is that his name? the pride of the South, Southern Pride. Scott
0: Bakula's name is Dwayne Pride. Yeah,
1: he's he's got Southern Pride. Oh
0: boy. All right. Well, season 2, episode 10, we get Billy and the Kid. This one aired a year later in 2015, and this one's all about Katrina. It's another cold case though. It's interesting. Yeah,
1: I think, you know, Thanksgiving maybe it's about the past. That's mm. something. I mean, we had a lot of episodes in the regular NCIS that were about family. And this one, it's more about reflecting on the past. And how
0: we've changed and, and our mistakes and how we've sure, grown. Yeah. What we're thankful for.
1: <laughs> I'm thankful that I didn't die in Katrina. So
0: basically, you know, we get an opening of one of the agents back when he was just a regular beat cap. You know, just just doing on his job. And he's, he's getting out of Katrina, but then there's a call of a gunshot wound. So he rushes over and he tries to save the guy's life, but it doesn't work. He dies in his arms and his crying wife. And he
1: says, I was killed by a man with a blue tattoo of nothing all over his face. Yeah, it was
0: just blobs. And then uh, cut to modern day. There's a, a mass murder in a coffee shop, just like very bloody and brutal. Yeah,
1: just like a guy came in with a shotgun and just shot everybody. And a,
0: a naval officer was involved, obviously, because that's how NCIS gets in on the action. Yeah.
1: And then like in the the early NCIS, uh, you know, specials, they they all talk about, we got to put our Thanksgiving plans on hold. Yeah. And one of them says, I'd rather catch a criminal than eat a bird. Anyway, so that's fine.
0: It's fine. <laughs> Which, like, I mean, good, that's your job. <laughs>
1: right.
0: But, so, yeah, they, um, they they, first find out that, you know, it's not a tattoo.
1: Right, because why would you have a tattoo of just nothing? Yeah, it
0: turns out that it's a, a medical condition called I forget. Um, and it's, it's just, you get blue splotches on your face because of, like exposure to an element or something, right? Am I... Right, it was silver
1: poisoning. Silver
0: poisoning, okay. Yeah, so
1: it was, like, silver in the water or something. Yeah. I don't don't know, like, how important this is to finding, like, the next clue anyway. It just seems like... It just seems like they then end up going back to... The the reason (laughs) that they, they connected these two cases... Was the fr- the guy? There was a one witness survived the shooting, and he was hiding in the freezer. He yeah. was like the owner of the restaurant, mm. and so he comes out. He's like he said, also the same thing about he had a blue tattoo of just nothing. Um, and so they connected the two. Uh, and so somehow that leads to discovering that it's Argeria silver poisoning thing. Yeah,
0: right. But, you know, it turns out this is all just a overcomplicated way to show the meeting of Scott Bakula and the, the Southern agent for the first time. Right. And yes. how this was the first case they worked together. And back when they worked it, he was a hotshot out for himself didn't care. Right.
1: And of course, Agent Pride is above and beyond the Call of Duty, you know, he even though it's like not necessarily his jurisdiction, like he's he's just in there and he cares about the people, alright? He doesn't yell at people, he's very nice.
0: Yeah.
1: Unlike this hotshot Billy boy.
0: <laughs> so I, I forget exactly how they start connecting the dots. Do you do Well you they just go
1: it seems like it seems like the dots don't really connect in this okay. one. They just go back to the freezer guy and they're like Hey, you were in that freezer. Did you know the killer? And he's like, yes, I knew the killer from I was a thief. <laughs> and we were all stealing money and trying to hide money and stuff. Oh, that's
0: what it is. They they find out that there was like a criminal, there was a robbery of like a naval base or something. Right? Or like a naval cash Box, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was something connected with the Navy because that's why pride gets involved to begin with, right? he's he's tracking it down. yeah, well, the
1: the guy who died in you know the husband of the you know wife who died, he was in the the uh, the marines, but also the um the the guy in the shop who gets killed, he was in the marines well, right and then and then it was what they say is it's like the storm saved us from a life of crime so katrina hits while they're like pulling off their big heights right and then they all like go clean and one of them joins the military two
0: of them go clean like the guy in the freezer he gets a job as a fry cook right and then the one guy joins and like joins the navy right and but then like there's another guy who just like went not clean (laughs) because he's He's the murderer. Well, I
1: think he was, you know, he went clean and then he murdered these guys to oh, try okay. and get the money. <laughs> okay, okay. But, but the point is, they they talk about, you know, it's the storm. The storm came in and it tore up everyone's lives and it forced everyone to take a new perspective yeah. on, like, what they're what they what they're lucky to have. That they're lucky to have their lives. That they're grateful that they are giving thanks. Uh-huh. Um <laughs> And, and then there's just this confusing thing where somehow the money ends up with this guy who they shot in the past, in the flashbacks. And he hid it in these boxes, and the widow just never opened the boxes because she was so in grief and because the boxes got lost because of Katrina and they had to be recovered. And, it was right. this whole thing. and his body got lost also because of Katrina. It was all this running around, and it, it all seems like pretty much pointless because in the end it's just the killer comes back and holds the widow hostage and says give me the money it's probably in one of mm-hmm. these
0: boxes <laughs> right but then they they put the pieces together somehow and he remembers that she she had like a stuffed elephant or was supposed to have a stuffed elephant uh, but it was missing. Because they helped the widow deliver her baby because she had, like, a panic attack and wanted to labor Right, early. in one of the,
1: the these, like, FEMA camps that... that in that, one of the flashbacks. She was yeah. displaced to one of these FEMA camps, which is also why they couldn't find her stuff or her boxes with money in them or her husband's body. Right.
0: But so, you know, he goes to deliver the, the elephant and is like, hmm, something seems strange. They... They seem weird. Let's send a guy around back. No, no, it
1: was a ruse. It was a ruse, Hannah. Oh, it was the a point, ruse? The whole yeah, thing was a ruse? He brings the elephant as, like, a common signal that she would understand. It's not actually her elephant. Because he says, like, I think you left this in the park or something. Okay. You know, like, it's it's a test. And then he's like, is this your elephant? Ah. And then if she's not being held hostage, she would just say, yes, that's my elephant, That's my elephant. thanks, come in, you know? Or, okay. uh, you know, that's not my elephant, you know, that's whatever. But she says, you know, no, that's not my elephant, please leave. And he knows, all right, you're being held hostage. And then, boom, they come in the back and they take him out. Bam. And
0: CIS saved the day, they find the money, then they invite the widow and the kid to Thanksgiving. I didn't
1: mention that the guy... The guy who, yeah, the guy who liked collared greens from the previous episode is the guy who's, you know, oh, yeah. the main character in this one that you're, you know, showing how they're meeting. But, like, the whole point is that he's, like, from Alabama, so he doesn't feel at home in New Orleans right. in, or something. Or he always wants to go home to Alabama. I
0: don't know. People, like, make fun of him for it, right? And and in the flashbacks, they're like, ah, you you Bama boy or whatever. And his dad sends him a plane ticket and is like... Like, come home, son. You can be a cop here. You don't need to be a fancy cop in New Orleans. You know he apparently kept that plane ticket for many years, and then rips it up uh, in in the present day. Right, um, and it's like. I'm home with you, Dad. Because
1: now he's found his home. Right,
0: and, you know, Scott Bakula's his...
1: Dad, Daddy Pride. Yeah, exactly.
0: He's everybody's dad.
1: Yeah. And then they all go to Thanksgiving at a bar Mm -hmm. that I guess, like, they own, or this is, like, their...
0: Their hangout. Their bar
1: that they always go to. It's
0: a cop bar. And,
1: of course, there's people playing, you know, playing rhythm and blues, like like you do in uh, in New Orleans. (laughs) Playing funky music. And then uh Scott Bacchula's on piano. Right,
0: they don't they don't have families to be with during Thanksgiving. <laughs> well no, they
1: I mean well they might give they, hopefully they're being paid like double or something, I mean, you know, getting those holiday bonuses, but <laughs> but they're just singing hey away, away, or hey hey paky away. I, I don't know how it goes. They sing
0: a song. Um but <laughs> but Scott yeah.
1: Bacula's on piano. Yep.
0: And uh, it's <laughs> it's wholesome or whatever.
1: So definitely a lot more fun. It's definitely wholesome. But, you know, again, so you have, like, in this episode, you have at least a portrayal of a cop being a jerk, but then ultimately, it's just, like, a character flaw they have to work through. Right. And they have to learn to love being a cop. Yeah. And that's how they learn to respect women. And
0: black people. And stuff.
1: Right. Well. (laughs) That's, uh, that's all we have. That's did we did we learn anything? Did we learn anything from watching a bunch of NCIS episodes for Thanksgiving? or was this a wasted exercise? Oh,
0: I mean, it was delightful. It was It was what a way to spend Thanksgiving in America in twenty twenty. Definitely NCIS New Orleans is much superior based on two episodes to uh, its predecessor. <laughs> so that's that's my big takeaway and and that, you know, I th- I think like you said earlier, NCIS is concerned with uh, family. Their their Thanksgiving episodes tend to be about family, and uh, yeah. I think New Orleans tends to be a little bit more about about uh, the past and coming to terms with it, and um, about
1: place, about like you know yeah. the city and the 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 spirit of the city, which is often tied up in the past.
0: Right, just because I think, you know, New Orleans has, like, a much more consistent identity than Washington, D.C. does, whose identity is just politics, you know?
1: Right. And, uh, yeah, and the military. Right. It's, yeah. I mean, but I think a lot of people, the the draw of NCS and why it's been so consistent all these years is because there's a big fandom and i would call it a fandom for the the military for <laughs> the different branches of the us armed sure, forces why not? and i think i think it's comparable in 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 some ways to people's fandoms of other you know nerd properties like you know star wars or it's Track. It's
0: fanish behavior the same way people are fans of football teams, you know, like it's right. it's not I'm an Eagles fan, it's no, you're part of the Eagles fandom. <laughs> But
1: literally, if you root for another team, you might actually go to jail over it, because that's treason. Okay,
0: well, I mean, it depends if it's the or sedition. If it's the Army-Navy game, you know, you're allowed to pick sides there.
1: That's so true. That's true.
0: Inter, inter-branch <laughs> competition can occur, but, you know, when, I, right. when it comes but, to... Uh,
1: but that was a joke, so, and, you know, government <laughs> people... Any NCIS people listening, you know, that's a joke. Um, but um Yeah,
0: David and I are in the government fandom. <laughs> Don't
1: arrest us. But there is something to, you know, the the celebration of military in the celebration of family. Right and the celebration of law enforcement in the celebration of military, in the celebration of our country. I mean So yeah, yeah at least the idea that that New Orleans is offering some kind of critical eye to that. It may like just put off the viewers that they normally would have, but maybe, maybe it
0: brings in. Maybe it'll
1: get through. Maybe
0: it brings in those more centrist people. You know, the people who lean a little bit more right. liberal, but would love to kind of root for a cop. You know, like they, they don't yeah. tell their friends, but they they kind of think cops are like <laughs> they love
1: cops. okay, maybe you know. They hate criminals. They <laughs> <love God.
0: laughs> David and I are also in the criminal fandom. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, well, that's, that's Thanksgiving. I hope, I hope you all are social distancing. Mm -hmm. I hope that you're staying safe. But I also hope that you are, you know, eating a lot of food. uh, Because it's a time to eat.
0: (laughs) I hope that you are with at least one other person who is within your quarantine bubble, and that you're having delicious food together and uh you know we're getting close uh we're talking about moving past this and so next yeah. next thanksgiving together in jerusalem shink, yeah uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
1: next year Definitely. in jerusalem different holiday All right.
0: bye everybody
1: <laughs> we'll, time. we'll talk to you later bye Why would you have a tattoo of just nothing?